So, good morning. So, this morning, um, I'd like to invite you uh, to uh, join with me in a way, perhaps as we always do in any kind of Dharma talk, to reflect on the theme of compassion and to let this time be um, perhaps dedicated to uh, highlighting, uh, clarifying and um, maybe even celebrating this great it's one of the great qualities, uh, capacities of a human being, the human heart. And to consider how we can support this uh, quality to, um, to flower in our, in our hearts, in our lives, uh, for our own benefit and for the benefit of of all beings. I think sometimes um, a theme like this, which I have certainly been tentative in approaching in terms of giving a talk on such a great theme and gosh, you know, what to say and, and perhaps in our own practice as well, in our own minds, a sense of what does that really mean? Or somehow it conjures up images of the, the, the great beings, you know, who are so compassionate, and I can never be like that. And somehow, even not approaching that uh, um, that theme, sort of what what would somehow threatening in some way, perhaps. Interest, interesting. What's our response to that? word compassion say oh no or oh yeah or hmm or (laughs) Um, yeah so can we bring perhaps an open mind an open heart a kind of that sense of beginner's mind to the sense of discovery sense of the very immediacy of compassion, of its very intimate uh, connection with all that we see and touch and hear and taste and experience, so that we can make, really make space for that the possibility of, of that quality to um, come to life you know, in, in, all, in all moments, in all, all situations, in relationship to all parts of our mind, our practice, the path, so on. So certainly this, this theme of compassion is so much in the Buddhist understanding, isn't it? It's so, so much at the heart of the, 
the you know beginning and middle and end of the path of sense of why why we're here you know what motivates us to to practice and to keep coming back you know and to not give up to uh, keep faith somehow with this sometimes mysterious challenging beautiful joyful strange process of awakening and it's very much isn't it seen as the the culmination and the fruition of the path of the that uh, sense of compassion being the expression embodiment of wisdom of the deepest understanding of non-separation it's seen as the doorway to liberation so we can see there's a great richness here there's a great uh, depth and breadth to be explored And that we can see also, perhaps without reflecting very much, how in fact compassion is really a necessary condition for life, for its very survival, for any sense of uh, well-being both as individuals, as, a, as societies, and as earth dwellers. So we can see the, the, the significance of this perhaps very immediately. And we can see in each moment where we meet any any kind of pain or difficulty in our practice, you know, any kind of dukkha, very, very, you know, very, very big, very, um, very small, very subtle. We see that our relationship with this. Uh, mm, the pain and the suffering and difficulty of various kinds that come up, but we can see, we can look into, we can look into on retreat. We can we can examine and our relationship with with that, and see what happens. <laughs> what happens? You know when when there's pain. And this is again and again, isn't it? In different situations, different parts of our practice, our mind, our life, the different situations in the world. You know, we, we, we see different different you know areas where there's wisdom and care and you know kind of wise you know compassionate response that can come. And then there's other areas and places and times when not so much. No. There's the reactivities, and the, 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 the fear, isn't it? The 
sense of fear and, and the sense of unpleasantness and pain being interpreted as a threat, you know, to me. And not to judge this. This is so crucial, I think, isn't it? Because if we somehow say, well, this shouldn't be happening, well, of course, there's nothing really, not experience that shouldn't be happening because it is happening. So, hmm. But to be able to meet that fear and that resistance and that rage, or this shouldn't be happening, not me, not now, as I said last week when I felt ill and I had to go and teach. I was like, why is this happening to me? This is such an inconvenient, (laughs) inconvenient moment. Yes, all these different ways in which we are. We react, you know, and the, in different ways the suffering is increased, isn't it? Any, anything that's there is sort of amplified and sort of fed by this reactivity. You know, so many different ways that can, can happen. And to bring compassion, or to bring our care and clarity to that, you know, in a way that all obstacles are transformed into the path. Now and again and again, perhaps, you know, we catch ourselves, you know, reacting to the pain and difficulty and being able to, yeah, being able to practice with that. Thich Han. So if we are aware of the paradise around us, it is because we have tasted suffering and we have learned how to practice with it and how to transform it into happiness. This is the great alchemic potential of our practice you know that it that it, that that the, the 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 very friction the very dukkha the very bit that we don't want and we meet our edge you know here on retreat and in our life what is it that can support the arising of compassion so I want to consider just a few different elements. What is it that supports that arising of a sense of anyukampa, empathy, being able to feel with, being able to resonate with, being able to empathize with, being able to meet uh, that pain and difficulty, isn't it? Whether it's here or there, maybe not so important. To be able to meet that with... uh, sense of listening, sense of bearing with, sense of bearing witness to, and really noticing those times and moments, you know, when it's like, okay, not this, I know, okay, bearing witness all very well, not this, not now. And and having that faith and having that um, willingness to, okay, Maybe it's possible, even here, even with this. 
And sometimes, isn't it, we really need other people with this. We really need that sense of community and connection and relationality. Somebody else sitting with us or just remembering somebody or having the sense of others here on retreat or in our life, you know, that, that helps that care that's expressed or that care that's remembered or evoked, that helps to remind us, ah, oh, what's possible, what's possible with the small miseries, with the small, you know, these <laughs> irritations, interminable things that aren't quite right. You know, or the really big things. I remember this very moving story I think I read in a newspaper. You know, sometimes these images and stories, isn't it, that can really... I just made such an impact on me of a story of a young man who was stabbed to death, was dying in the street, I think it was in South London, and a, a woman who was there and held him as he died, saying to him, you are loved, you are loved. This is so uh, moving, and what what is it that can um, strengthen us you know, open us so that we can be available. We can be available for an appropriate response, isn't it? An appropriate response. The karuna engagement is sometimes translated as. This is very active. This is, I know, this is doing something. This is saying something. This is, this is, yeah, this act of willingness to be involved in a way which doesn't it, there's so can feel like that's again you can feel the tug of fear and oh but you know I might get hurt or you know we're not sure what, I, what, can, I, what can I do and you know and this invitation, this call to be involved, to be active, to be responsive and I don't know about you, but I, I was reflecting that if I think about times when I have been on the receiving end of compassion, and maybe you can reflect a bit, if you like, and re- remembering or just what maybe recently in the past, like particular moments, or time, you know, when somebody or you have felt that compassionate response that in some form listening or whatever coming towards you you know meeting you in your pain or difficulty and just just um, what was the effect of that now what difference did, did or does that make in your life? <coughs> so, to me, this is one way of connecting with, with, I don't know, kind of the 
understanding and a um, valuing of that, a recognition of both the quality of compassion, but also its effect, its impact, its um, its importance. Mm. This one small story from my own experience that um, often, often comes into my mind in this regard of um, actually happened here six years ago and I was a coordinator and my my most beloved person on the earth, my foster mother, um, was ill and I got a message that she could, she was very close to death. And I remember it was just, you know, terrifying. I mean, all the, you know, fear shutting down. I, you know, I, I want to go. I can't go. Should I, you know, just very, very, very difficult. And um, two of my colleagues actually met, met me in that and um, drove me all the way to Essex. Just every time I every time I think of that, it was you know all through the night. We got there at three o'clock in the morning, (laughs) and she lived a a bit longer. Um, But it was such a um, yeah, such a, a beautiful teaching and. I don't know about you, but I think that part of this opening to compassion, it's part, a part of it is the giving, but the other part of it is the receiving, isn't it? It's, it's like if, it, it, and, and that, that can be really challenging and really scary and really, you know, because it means being our vulnerability being in our neediness, you know, being in our pain in a way, you know, and, and, and that being visible to another person, say, in, in that kind of situation. And so um, I think it's also really important to acknowledge that it's how we are with ourselves, how much we can receive and hear as well as offer, and, and also how much we can receive, you know, isn't it? I say we... It's easier to help than be helped. <laughs> and just bringing some wisdom, some investigation into that. And seeing, you know, again, what, what we're holding on to, certain kinds of, you know, senses of self, isn't it? That we don't want to be or look like the person who, you know. So there's, there's so much humility, I think, needed. So in our, in our practice... Maybe in our meditation practice, whatever way we're practicing, it seems to me that, you know, in just this, you know, bare practice of showing up, we are cultivating compassion. It's great, isn't it, really? You're sort of doing it without meaning to. <laughs> it's, it's like a wonderful byproduct because you know we we you know as we go through the day and the ups and downs and you know and all this every we're 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 turning towards our life we're turning towards what's real we're 
we're having the intention to open to what is really true. And that brings us closer and closer and closer to to and to to pain, to joy, to the whole thing. Um, Joseph Goldstein says, "The non-seeing of suffering keeps us locked into it. Seeing it, turning towards it, opening to it." allows it to wash through and away. So perhaps we can, you know, have, we all have experiences of that. Know that the, 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 those urges to, to get rid of, to run away from, to deny so on and when we can acknowledge those and not let them be the end of the story and have the courage and again have the courage again and again to open to that which is difficult then you know we see how much of of what's problematic in that encounter is in the resistance itself, not in the not in the illness, not in the external situation, not in the even the pesky, you know, pattern of mind, of anxiety, or whatever it is that just won't lie down and die. You know. It's actually our resistance to that um, that is really uh, fueling suffering. Um, how how do we so so all of this is meant to be reflection on it? How do we support what what are the what allows in a way the arising of a com- compassionate response? And all of this is again a training and a practice, isn't it? And that we have to balance with nourishment of gladdening and the. You know, focusing on the joyful and the building that sense of inner resource, of inner happiness. <coughs> we can, um, as you probably well know, there is there are various sort of very intentional practices for cultivating compassion. And I don't want to go too much into this now, but it, it feels, you know, one important kind of option works. Maybe different things work for different people, again, different times. But to very intentionally turn the mind toward compassion, you know, inquiry, what is that, what is that? Or a very momentary investigation, you know, what does this suffering need? What, what is happening now, you know, what does this need? In that sense, again, of bringing a kind of freshness and kind of openness, a kind of willingness to not know, to be open to some yeah, new response or uh, yeah. The 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 practices of of um, phrases, you know, where we we, we, we picture ourselves or another person or a situation and we 
And we hold that, we hold that with a sense of care. Might be very much we, we do it as a felt sense, you know, we have an image. These wonderful images of Kuan Yin, the Buddha, great images, embodiments of compassion. You know, maybe particular person who we admire, you know, a public figure, the Dalai Lama, or somebody in our life we love, like Eddie the bus driver, local bodhisattva, or, you know, a beloved animal, or, 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 or somebody, you know, that sense of evoking a sense of somebody who really loves and cares about us, and bringing that to mind, and then being able to hold a sense of somebody who's suffering and and wishing them care, wishing them feel loved and supported, whatever. May they be held. May they they not feel alone. Or, you know, different, different words, different, that make sense, you know, for different, for for different people. Um, (coughs) I think also this very <coughs> so many things, aren't there? I, I feel like one of the conditions to the arising of compassion is um, I might call a kind of wise helplessness. You know, it's like, okay, <laughs> I, I can't do this. No, it's just beyond me. Surrender. Handing it over. Refuge. Something larger. Something greater than me and this. I can't and it's too much. Yeah, a larger vision, sense of the great heart, this compassionate awareness that we, in in, in, in some way in which we, you know, place our hurt arm in the hands of the nurse. So we're not talking about passivity, we're not talking about, you know, rolling over and you know, kind of, oh well. It's not that. Also, I think somehow as part of the arising of compassion is something about grieving. Grieving. Like being actually willing, you know, to grieve, to Again, I don't know what. It may be specific things and maybe just a grief at the state of the world. No. Our own body and mind. Regrets. Ways we've been hurt. Ways we've hurt others. And that the movement, uh, that to me, the, the compassionate movement of forgiveness is one of it one of the things that kind of un- unlocks the log jam is is this sense of wise grieving not 
toxic grieving where we're just cycling around and something you know that something's being refueled and fed about me and my story and how it shouldn't and I never and they should and what you know but something about this kind of most mm, sense of opening to to loss and to and, and, and I don't know if you can sense that, but there's something almost joyful in that. This is a mark of true compassion. There's a joy in it. And I, I, can't, I, I don't feel quite able to explain that, but I don't know if you know what I mean. But something opening, something joyful, something connecting, something about maybe, you know the contracted senses of self which tend to constellate around our reactivities to pain. When that's not happening, there's this more expansive sense of us and we and our suffering and our world and our heart and our love and a more expansive sense which actually it, yeah, it feels good. <laughs> Somehow, again, we're more open to the beauty in the world and the beauty in ourselves and the beauty in other people you know so it feels to me that our you know that that we can find many many ways of 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 supporting of opening to compassion and one of the ways i think that um hopefully the last way i'll mention um today is is to do with action and community. It's sangha, it's the experience of, again, it's partly connected to this being part of something larger, like New York Guy House. You have, you're automatically more virtuous. <laughs> you know, we recycle, so you put the recycling in the bin. It's like it's set up. It's like in some ways it's like easier, it's, it's, it's like we're being encouraged to love, to, to be caring, compassionate, because there's this kind of shared wisdom and intention that's trying to, you know, kind of in different ways support support our opening and support our caring. And, 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 and the precepts, of course, and the precepts, wow, you know, this... What better way to to support the arising of compassion than really that coming into the world? Um, when I was young, I was fortunate enough to fall into a nest called Quakers. And without going into a whole explanation about them and all that and what, it, what they are and all that, one one of the things it did was bring me into contact with certain kinds of very um, loving and wise kinds of response to suffering in the world. And I got in, you know, voluntary work and service work and peace activism and arts. And I was, you know, I just thought it was great. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I liked it. <laughs> And I feel like part of, of what's so crucial about Sangha community is that we are lifted up into our potential, both as individuals and as, as groups, 
by this kind of quality of shared intention and the willingness, a willingness to take the risk to act from that and to participate in that. And I think sometimes it was easier for me when I was younger. That naivety, going to Derry, London Derry, Northern Ireland, the midst of the troubles, and doing clowning workshops <laughs> in the middle of all of that, and just not having much of a clue really about what I was doing, if I really if I look back on it. And it was wonderful, and it was hard, and it was, you know, it was whatever it was. But it was um, this very simple intention to go and play with children in these very, very poor, troubled areas. And that's what we did. You know, we dressed up and we, whatever, and we did all the stuff. And at some level, I feel that sometimes, again, a, a strange kind of, again, it's a paradox, isn't it? We need wisdom, but we also need innocence and naivety. And it's like, oh, well. Let's do this. I know, good intention, take the risk. Um, and I, I think that that project as an example of, of that is, yeah, it, it, it was, you know, perhaps a very small part of that overall peace process. I hope so. So, various various ways that can, compassion can be supported and, um, and, and nourished. And um, a sense in which it is perhaps, I don't know, for all, of, for all of us, it is actually our greatest calling as a human being. And it is, I think, also potentially... No, our greatest joy as we are called out of isolation and we are called out of despair into a much, much larger and more <coughs> hopeful world. So I think I will finish by... Um, sharing a, a quotation I, I love which, um, which I know, some of you I'm sure you probably know may know this um, and it's um, Albert Einstein a human being is part of the whole called by us universe a part limited in time and space he experiences himself his thoughts and feelings as something separated from the rest a kind of optical illusion of consciousness this delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affection 
for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole nature in its beauty. So perhaps we can finish. It feels appropriate for me. Join me if you wish in a dedication of of the merit of a sharing of our of our heart and offering an offering up an offering of uh, our life, our good heartedness, <coughs> our our messiness, and uh, whatever whatever benefit, whatever. Whatever benefit that comes from our practice here, may it it truly benefit all of us here and ripple out to benefit all beings and all life everywhere. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.